Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott pinch hitting here while we negotiate some technical issues, so to speak. We do have our next guest pre-recorded. That is NHL insider John Shannon. Of course, we've got Oilers Leafs tonight right here on 6.30. Chad, an early one, too. 3.30 for your City Ford face-off show. The puck drops just after 5 o'clock. I'm going to tell you that guests of the show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie, Brendan, Taylor, and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, we'll try and negotiate a little bit better sounding contact with Bob in the meantime. Here he is in conversation this morning with John Shannon. And John, so we are here at Scotiabank Arena. We're in Toronto, the center of the proverbial hockey universe. And for all the fun that I have about Toronto and, you know, the jokes, like how do you change a light bulb in Toronto, hold it there and have the rest of Canada revolve around it. I know you like that one. Uh, it is a unique animal here in this market, isn't it? Well, it, it, you know, it's it's 24-7. And when you, when you take a look at what uh, the position the Oilers have in the... Edmonton market with a million, a million and a half people. When you consider it's the Toronto Maple Leafs with close to 7 million people living within 75 miles of this arena, Bob, uh, it, it puts it in, I, I think it puts it in huge perspective. The, the media side, this is the media capital of the country. Uh, you know, both national sports networks do 90% of their production out of here. Uh, this is a town that still has four newspapers, which is remarkable in this day and age. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, the, the crush of media, the crush of attention uh, that a hockey team that hasn't won since 1967 gets uh, is one that uh, shouldn't really surprise most people. And let's face it, they're on national television every Saturday night, coast to coast to coast. And that's the way it works. Uh, you mentioned they haven't won a cup since 67. They haven't won a playoff series since we've gone to a cap system, uh, which I think sometimes is lost on the the hardcore analytics-driven uh, Maple Leaf media, the younger ones that sing the praises of their team. They got a good team. I think that's a fair assessment. Has the team been liberated? Do you think under Sheldon Keith, they're on a pretty good run right now uh, with him as head coach? 15-4-1 with Sheldon Keith as head coach. Um, uh, and the one thing that you can see is, and, and it, to simplify it to guys like you and me, we understand it this way, they're happy. They're, 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 they're playing happy hockey. They enjoy it. They like going to the rink again. Um, this is a team that's driven by... Uh, two of the brightest young stars in the game in Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Uh, and both of them at times felt that they were whipping boys of Mike Babcock. And, and the amount of pressure that, uh, that, that Babcock put on them and then therefore the amount of pressure that they would put on Babcock uh, created a, a divisive situation. And uh, you had veteran players here like John Tavares and Jason Spezza and to a lesser extent Morgan Riley. 
but in the end, this was all about Austin Matthews. This was all about uh, Mitch Marner uh, and having a philosophy of playing the style that general manager Kyle Dubas wanted, and that's why the change occurred. I don't think anybody was, you know, surprised that Mike Babcock could be potentially in trouble here. I think the subsequent, specifically the story on Marner, was quite disappointing to come out. But it's, it, it is, it's incredibly uh, unique, and I'd say almost crazy to think of what the aftermath and the result of all of that has been, John. I mean, the, the, you know, the, in terms of how the dominoes fell following Babcock's dismissal as head coach. Because I got to tell you right now, like, I mean, not to rewrite history here, but, you know, if Nazem Kadri potentially stays in that series against Boston, maybe Babs beats and the Leafs beat the Bruins. It's entirely, they lost in, what, they lost in six. In six. They could have won the series. So. No, I'm sorry. They lost this year in seven. Yeah. That's yeah. In, seven. in seven. No, but, here, but here, here's, here's the thing, Bob. Uh, I, I'm not convinced at any point that had even Mike Babcock won the first round playoffs that he would be the coach now. Okay. Um, this, is a, this is a philosophy uh, that Kyle Dubas is trying to put into the whole organization. Uh, and it's more than analytics. It's a style of game. Yep. It's a style of game uh, that dictates the coach must, must read and react situations during the game. Uh, well, they want to play up-tempo. They want to get after it. They don't want to break... You know what? They're not. They're they're prepared and willing to take some sacrifice a little bit to create offense. Sure, sure. But but they're also but they're but but the other thing on it, Bob, is that they need to be able to adapt during the game. And there's a real belief that Mike couldn't adapt very well as the game went on. Went on. We're joined by John Shannon, our NHL insider, Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers now. So that's a bit of the uh, Toronto story. They're an entertaining team to watch. They can score a ton. They can get up and after it. The question is, are the Edmonton Oilers a different team over the course of the last three games since they've made uh, a change? They've put uh, James Neal up with Connor McDavid and Zach Cassian. Conversely, they now have Leon Dreisaitl with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor Yamamoto. And specific to Connor Yamamoto, who knew that it would be that impactful? Because in my mind, the Oilers do look like a different team, certainly five-on-five five than they have been, John, over the previous month. Well, you're around Dave Tippett more than I am, but in the last week that I've been around, I can tell you that the smile on Tippett's face, that he actually has two lines he can work with, has changed his demeanor and I think it's changed his philosophy of how he coaches the games. Uh, and by the way, the Yamamoto has been so good uh, at both ends of the ice. We're not just talking about using his speed uh, in the offensive zone, but here's a guy that uh, and it goes back to that uh, uh, the first play in the first game that he made at the end of the game against the Rangers. Uh, he's he's been good and he's been able to be prepared to use his body. He has changed so many things. And it's only three games, it's a small sample size, but he's changed a lot of what people's thinking is about this hockey team. And you're right, now there are six guys that go on the ice, and now the challenge is, is what do you do with the bottom six forwards and how do you utilize them? Yeah, well, I mean, at least now you might have a couple options in terms of, uh, you know, what used to happen is the Oilers would come in here, and Nazem Kadri would be assigned to Connor McDavid, and... Uh, you know, Connor's never beaten the Maple Leafs yet, and it's been a source of frustration. And the Oilers' best chance might have been the football. Let's rephrase that. Connor has beat, beaten the Maple Leafs, but not since, look out, not since 
Uh, Austin Matthews has come here. Of course, McDavid had five points at Edmonton in his rookie season. So it's the Oilers and the Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, the Oilers in a situation where they put together probably, you know, they got points in their last three hockey games. We talked a bit about Yamamoto. The other thing that's changed in the last three games here, Mike Smith in goal for the third consecutive game, and he had a stellar afternoon in Boston. And really, I think that there's a lot of people that say, hey, finally, a coach is rewarding a goaltender for playing well, as opposed to going by the uh, the process of alternating or every third game. I, I expect Miko Koskinen to play in Montreal uh, and then give Dave Tippett a huge chance to decide who's going to be his best goalie to play Saturday night in Calgary. So from that perspective, this is... This is to me is the best of both worlds right now. And Mike Smith, for 50 minutes in Buffalo, uh, and obviously the whole game in Boston, this was the Mike Smith that uh, that played the first month of the season. He's acrobatic. He's aggressive. Uh, he's on top of the puck. I mean, he, he's he did a very good job. I mean, the game in Boston, I think, was probably his best game of the season. Uh, in, and hey, might have been the team's best game of the season in so many ways. But to me, that was to reward him to play Monday night in Toronto. I think is uh, is a, a really good lesson for not just Smith to take, but for his teammates to take because they are going to get rewarded for playing well. Ken Holland, uh, Archie Henderson arrived back from. Uh the World uh, Junior Championship, Canada wins a gold, but some news made there from Rene Fassell, who is stepping down as the head of the uh, IIHF, uh, I guess probably in August, I think in September they vote for a new one, and Fassell says they got to get it on, they got to find a way to get NHL players in the Olympics. Is that the translation, is that, or is that too easy? I think that's a little too easy. I, I think that Rene's, he, what he said is we really want NHL players to be in Beijing, uh, but if it doesn't happen, we're going to go to the same formula that we were successful with uh, in, uh, in South Korea. Uh, it, it, the bottom line for me is that I don't, I don't think for one iota anything has changed from the NHL perspective. Uh, there has to, you know, the owners and the teams have to be treated at a, at a better level. The players have to be insured. There, there are logistics charges. And the one thing that I would say that to me is a, it will, might, might make the league a little harder to think about going to Beijing, Bob, is that uh, I think it would be difficult to have a, a two-week window um, in the first year that Seattle's in the NHL. I think that when you consider what uh, what they've tried to do with Seattle coming in in 21-22, uh, February of 22 is when the Olympics are. I think when you've sold everybody in Seattle of how good hockey is and the NHL is, to take two weeks off is not necessarily the smartest thing in my mind. John, we'll see you in Montreal. Yes, sir. That is John Shannon. He is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Bob Stoffer with you. It is 1244 in Edmonton, 244 Eastern. The Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Want to tell you that guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brent and Maggie and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris, it's the greatest stake you've had. Oilers tonight against a guy, Frederick Anderson, who has owned them. Anderson's an interesting guy, drafted twice, first by Carolina, then by Anaheim. The last three seasons, he's had 66, 60, and 60 appearances. 
So far this year, 21-8-4, 2.67 goals against average, 9.16 save percentage, career 9.18 save percentage. He's one of the really good goaltenders in the league. There's been a little bit of question that maybe he's had too much work. The Leafs, they're a different team under Sheldon Keefe. They started 9-10-4 with Mike Babcock. Sheldon Keefe is 15-4-1 as head coach of Toronto. Again, Austin Matthews amongst the NHL goal scorer leaders. He's second with 28 goals, only uh, David Pasternak, who the Oilers just played Pasternak on his 31st of the year against Edmonton the other night, or rather the other afternoon. Only man ahead of the uh, big Maple Leaf center, who's a, a heck of a shooter, no question about that. Leafs uh, down some injuries. We'll get talked about that coming up still on today's show. We'll also have one-on-one conversations with Paul Coffey. Paul just spent some time. Of course, he's doing some consulting work for the Oilers on the development side. Uh, but uh, Paul just spent some time over at the Helenka Gretzky with Craig Mater- not the Helenka Gretzky, the Spangler Cup with Craig Simpson. Canada got the victory there. We'll talk a bit about that experience for Paul, as well as the development of some of the Oilers' young defensemen. And we'll hear from James Neal, sort of a midterm report with him, a guy who's obviously been, uh, as advertised, he can score goals. He's got 19 on the season. Edmonton and Toronto, Bob Stoffer joining you uh, here on Oilers Now, and uh, we'll be back after this. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you along with Brendan Escott. And this is Oilers Now. It is uh, 1248 in Edmonton. And we want to tell you, you have an opportunity to join the Edmonton Oilers coming up the second half of the season. And check out a great trip to the terrific city known as Chicago. See, the Oilers play the Blackhawks. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with uh, yours truly. We'll have some special guests. You never know who's going to show up. We've had some great guests in the past, plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field for the Oilers. Now, Chicago Road Trip. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Uh, and again, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We've got a series of texts that I want to get to. And... Uh, um, some of them pretty interesting stuff. Bob, the job the boys, Clayton has texted the show to say the job the boys did at 780-496-0063. The job the boys did in Boston was stellar. The ability to shut down uh, rushes in the neutral zone was huge and having active sticks is part of the game that is necessary to succeed. Okay. From the secret professor. Well, that's quite the handle with a BC number. Bob, while I think we all agree that expecting a player like Yamamoto to come in and be the Messiah is ridiculous, however, discounting the effect that one player can have on a line, pairing or tandem, and therefore the rest of the lineup is equally silly. Achieving that level of nuance uh, in our expectations is something in oil country fans and media need to learn better. Often people just switch between bring them now or ripen them forever. Making good uh, judgment requires patience, discipline, and open-mindedness. Right now, the juice of the Oilers' second line is bloody delicious. Love the show and thanks. Well, that's a real good topic. And the topic is 
when. So if you're listening to a show called Oilers now, the majority of the show is uh, is about Oilers. And uh, we're going to talk to Jay Woodcroft today at 135-ish. And basically, every Monday when we had Jay on the show, the first player we asked him about is Ben Kyler Yamamoto. Now, allow me to suggest to you from this point forward, the first player that I'm going to be asking Jay about on a weekly basis is Tyler Benson. Figure out what I'm saying. These players, both uh, their second-year pros, Benson didn't get a training camp. Or check that. Uh, Yamamoto did not get a training camp coming off the, the wrist surgery in the offseason. Got off to a hot start. Not easy to contribute offensively. People think, well, he should be putting up, you know, a point and a half per game down in the American Hockey League. Not so fast. There's lots of things that have to happen down there. You have to have a playmaking centerman. Or put it this way. Kater Yamamoto has gone from playing with Brad Malone to playing with Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Just think about that for a second. Where would he have the better chance to succeed? Seriously. He's worked on the aspects of the game that they've required him to work on. He's quicker in the corners. He's more tenacious on the puck. He's more competitive. If you actually watch the games, and I would say I watched two out of every five games that Bakersfield played, the guy that kept on catching my eye, and he missed a little bit of time, about 12 to 15 games in a season, but the guy that caught my eye early was Kyler Yamamoto. The guy that's caught my eye of late has been Tyler Benson. I'm not surprised Yamamoto has come in with his pace, his quickness, his competitiveness, and done all right so far. There's been times where he's guys have gone to hit him and he's knocked them on their ass because he's got a lower center of gravity and he's driven through them on hits. And he's also, because he didn't just start the year here like he did the last two years, an injury played a part of it. He also had a little bit of uh, bee in his bonnet. And it's helped him. But it is a tricky proposition. And I know I tweeted out when the orders were in Detroit, when they had zero secondary scoring at that time. Which, by the way, they lost that game 2-1 to Detroit. May have been 3-1 with an empty netter. Bottom line is they weren't getting any push at all through the month of October. If it wasn't McDavid, Drysettle, Neal, or Cassian scoring... And I was like, at some point, if this continues, they're going to have to look at a guy like Yamamoto. And uh, so I'm pleased. It makes sense. Which brings us to Tyler Benson. I don't think the immediate impact would be quite as quick with Benson. I think he's a player that what they need to do when he comes up is test drive him for five or six games before we run off to a judgment. Because he doesn't have the same quickness. But what Benson does well, like Yamamoto's, he can process the game. Uh, Tyler also does a real good job of protecting the puck. And he's a smart player and he can make plays. And you do need at some stage to graduate plays. And most of you listening to the show right now get the concept that these guys are second year pros. So they're different than, say, McLeod, who's got an NHL frame and NHL speed. Or Bouchard, who's got NHL offensive instincts. There's nothing wrong with those guys being first-year pros, spending more time down there. But uh, definitely would not surprise me if some stage between maybe now and the middle of February, we're going to see Tyler Benson. And again, if it were me, I'd at least give it five or six games 
before we're even passing judgment. I'm, I, to be honest with you, I'm actually not surprised that Yamamoto's been as effective as he's been as, as effective as he's been. Brandon, what about you? Are you a little bit surprised he's been as good as he's been through the first three games? Full disclosure, yeah, I am. But it's a pleasant surprise, obviously, and I think this is what we had hoped to see out of a kid in in you know his second year of pro hockey, like you mentioned. You expect these high draft picks, these high round draft picks to accelerate through the program a little bit quicker, uh, at least I do, and he's showing that he has and maybe a, f- a year of actual health for this kid, much the way we saw Benson's career get sort of uprooted a bit by injury troubles. Yamamoto struggled with that last year and this year he isn't and we're starting to see the fruits of his labor so a great addition and uh, I hope for the sake of Oilers fans and the Oilers team that he can keep it going. See, it's interesting as to when they bring, you know, I think at some point Benson comes up between now and maybe February 15th. And some people look at Kara, and others might look at Nygaard. Uh, Nygaard's agent, Matt Cater, uh, Boston-based, uh, was at the game the, the other day. There was lots of interest from Nygaard around the league. He is a UFA at the end of the season. Um, I like Nygaard's speed. And if you take a look at his history in the Swedish Hockey League, he needs some time as well to find the hands at that level. Like, it's interesting with Nygaard and Haas. You know, I, I look at Haas down the middle, think he's uh, he's a little bit light, gets knocked around a bit in games sometimes. Smart enough to play, and he hasn't killed the Oilers in the minutes that he's played. I think we can agree on that. The one area where he's been a disappointment to me, I thought he'd be better in the face-off circle. Like, he's like a 41% guy is a right shot. Like, if he was at 52 or 53%, they could start trusting him on killing penalties. Gaetan Haas would be looking at a guarantee for a contract moving forward. But uh, he does have some ability. There's no question. In Nygaard's case, he's probably been less impactful. And some of you are probably saying, Bob, Joe Kim Nygaard doesn't give the orders anything. And I'd say just be patient there. Like, because of the quickness and the pace that he plays at, maybe there's some. So I'm going to be interested to see... Haas went down for a couple games. Is it possible Nygaard goes down for four or five games, maybe gets a different feel for the North American game and then comes back up, and that gives you an opportunity to bring Benson up at some stage? I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, this text comes in from her friend Topher, who just nailed it. Bob, Connor Yamamoto done all right? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Bob, he single-handedly turned this franchise around, uh, around, just like you did for 630, Chad. That's what I love. I, I love that Topher is there. He's there to support. I actually think Topher is uh, an Oilers troll. I don't think he actually likes the Oilers. I think he's a Flames fan. But uh, he's having some fun with us, and I can 100% verify. Uh, I, I don't think Oilers now single-handedly turned around Chet. I think they were doing pretty good long before I got there. Just a, a personal uh, perception. Uh, Another texter text the show to say, Bob, most successful call-ups happen after the second half of the season. They have fresher legs while others have endured a half season of wear against tougher competition. If Kyler was brought up sooner, he'd probably be showing signs of wear. Hmm. Interesting perspective. This one on Benson says, Bob, uh, Tyler Benson gives up the puck too easy. He needs better puck control. Offense isn't everything here. Well, you got to be able to defend. That's an absolute given. 12.58 in Edmonton. we got a double uh, dipper coming. Coming up here, Paul Coffey, James Neal, 101 Conversations. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.